Welcome to the Avance Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. I was like, great. <laughs> Definitely. I'm not chewing ice. <laughs> <laughs> so, it won't be an editing issue. But yeah. <laughs> How are you, Dan? Pretty good, man. Good. Nick forgets he has ice in his cup every time we do the show, and then he starts chewing on it. I, I got Because yeah. I'm right next to him, all I can hear is... <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, but you went from like zero to a hundred. Like, like, Don't you chew on that? Okay, I won't. I won't do that. I promise. I won't you? I promise. So yeah. we got and play, We went and played in some ice last weekend. That was kind of fun. Um, it's ironic that I had the least clearance, the least power, and I was the one that didn't get stuck yeah. mostly because I was following both of you guys. But uh, you know, um, I, mean, I, I wanted a jeep for a long time. I then I got out of wanting a jeep, and then a friend of ours bought a three ninety two, and I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you know our, our friends at Park Place have a really nice red one? Oh, That's okay. already semi-up, like, upfitted for the miles. Trust okay. me. I looked. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was Fair like, enough. Hmm, yeah. Could that replace the old Raptor? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I need a truck still. Okay. But the 392. I feel like you need a truck, too. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. You just, it's hard to beat a Jeep off-road. Yeah. That really was, I mean, it was pretty impressive. Purpose as far as What it can do. I mean, uh, we really, we the only trouble we got into was stuff when, like, we were trying to turn around, so... Yeah, I did a lazy turnaround. I yeah. got stuck, but yeah. you know, winch saves the day. Thanks, that was Warren. A fun. That was a fun little trip up there. Like I said, but that's that's if anybody's listened to us long enough, it's we basically went up off a of Tinkham to where the infamous like kids and teenagers in a uh, their mom suburban, suburban or something on twenty twos with uh, street tires. Yeah, that wasn't the funny part. It was when we got them out. They were high as a kite, and then like. Three weeks later, we were up there, and I got a car stuck, and randomly, they came walking by us in the woods, and we're like, hey, and they're like, hey, you got us out. And I'm like, I can't believe you remembered that. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Yeah, small world. Yeah. Uh, the only problem is I spent like half the time going up the trail clearing brush. Yeah. <laughs> Pulled out the machete and was clearing brush from the trail, which uh, eventually I just got tired of doing because I remembered, hey, I've got S-Tech. I don't have to worry about those mild trail rash because it's self-healing. We had a small child with us. We could have just strapped him to your hood and just had him start swinging that machete. What if it worked, right? That's true. I mean, every every five-year-old wants to play with a machete. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about how good S-Tech is before yes. at uh, protecting your paint from things like that, road trips. It is a necessity and we love it. And uh, as usual, wash the truck. Good as new. Nothing like nothing ever happened. So, thank you, Estec. I need a car wash so bad. And Estec, it's so kind. <laughs> well, that's believe me. I, okay, if if that's happening, I need a car wash of extreme detail, and then and then protection. So. Probably go see your friends at Metropolitan. I'm going to. I just, just you know, <laughs> color change. So British many, racing green oh, on the Subaru. No, no, that'd be actually with those gold wheels. That would not look uh, right? absolutely horrible. I think it? it would look good. Boy, yes. Speaking I don't think of my, my British wall, racing. My, 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 <laughs> my wallet wouldn't like it, but yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of British racing, uh, we will talk more about that in a second as well. Uh, we have a really great guest this week who's going to tell you all about the British and racing and how they won. And uh, we'll get to that in a he second. He had a horrible week. So. He had a terrible week. Terrible week, yep. Yeah, that's not a, it's not, it's not a clue to keep you on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Uh, so. I hope you <laughs> will hang out for this. Yeah. Uh, our Carter Automotive Group tip of the week, I was thinking about all that ice up there. And I was thinking about uh, all the ways we got stuck in it. So I was, I've been, it's winter still here. I mean, it's like, it was Texas is frozen again. It, it, I don't, it's, it's colder in Texas, but I mean, it's been like 28. Yeah, it's been cold again. So, so which was made for some great off-roading because we got to stay up on the, the fluffy snow versus the slushy snow. Yeah. It's a lot better to off-road in. But I got into a conversation with the Warren Off-Road, Warren, the Washington Off-Road Recovery Network. They have an internal group and they're like, hey, what's best for snow? What's, um, Front locker, limited slip, rear locker. What do you think? And it highly depends on the snow conditions. Helicopter. 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 Yes. yes. Definitely okay. the best for the snow. Yep. 
probably an art, a snow cat, mm-hmm. something Absolutely. that tracks. That's yeah. what we said. But no, if you're choosing your gear selections, it really depends on the snow. And we, there was this back and forth and the general consensus of pretty much a group of pro off-roaders was, yes, you're better off fully locked in snow if you are in deep, heavy snow and you need to plow it. If you have limited slip, it's great for the powder and the fluffy stuff, and you can just keep on going right on top of it. But none of them do you any good once you're finally buried and you're below the snow. So start with the traction. But if you have lockers, yes. And you're going straight, obviously, front locker. You don't want to be turning on a front locker. That's going to cause a lot of damage on most normal vehicles with a front locker. A lot of the newer ones will turn it off if you start to turn, right? Yeah, some of the more advanced systems now. But yeah, so general consensus is deep snow and mud. Yeah, that's where your lockers are helpful. Um, Beyond that, if it's a light fluffy snow, limited slip's a better option. And if you don't have any of that, you should probably just stay out of the snow. (laughs) Stay home. (laughs) Stay home. Yep. No, no, um, it's very hard to get stuck in your own driveway. Not that it can't I've be done. I've done it in the Corvette. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Corvette C7 Z06, yeah. not so great in the snow. Not your first choice in snow. But yeah, um, I did the locker. We we went through the whole gambit this weekend in the Jeep and in the truck. I tried the locker, everything. And it uh, it definitely helped in the Jeep when I got the thick snow. The Raptor has front limited slip and a rear locker. And I found that the limited slip for what we were in worked pretty well. But um, with the solid axle... It's a, the lockers are really what took over and made the win. So I'm going to, a tip on top of a tip. Mm -hmm. Um, If you were stuck in snow and you were spinning before you try to change gears, reverse, neutral or anything, make sure your wheels have stopped turning. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny is that's, yeah, you don't know because you're not going anywhere. Yeah. So you got to stop and watch your RPMs, make sure your RPMs drop to zero Mm -hmm. because you won't know. And (laughs) yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about how much that sound is great. That was a that was that spine tingling. Yep. Yeah, that still hurts. Yep. I should probably go to the dealer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh anyway, speaking back to British racing, uh congratulations to our guest, uh Paul Charsley. Welcome to the show. You guys had a killer win at Daytona. And uh you did it with Austin Martin in the Heart of Racing. Yes, yes we did. And I I was supposed to be on the Pascal podcast a couple of few weeks ago right so i think we yeah. uh we timed it perfectly i think yeah he he, te- he messaged me and he's like look we're gonna go down there we're gonna win so i'll talk to you then and i was <laughs> yeah. like oh that works for me <laughs> yeah, not a problem fair. yeah no, it's a, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> foreshadowing so yes. yeah yeah i said this don't even bother because we just need yeah. to talk about a victory not about how we may potentially win we're just going to win so yeah. That is amazing. Um, congratulations, obviously. You guys are, are racing with Aston Martin. Um, yep. How many cars did you guys have? Just one or two? We had two. There was four okay. Aston Martins in total, but our team had two. One in the GTD class and one in GTD Pro. So, uh, yeah. So and, and the only difference in the cars is really the drivers, not the actual cars themselves. So once you get through the the less pro drivers um basically it's it's all or nothing between both classes which ended off making the mercedes that was the one gtd pro but didn't beat us overall a little little per, a little mad but that's okay they can <laughs> they can get over it okay well yeah. the numbers ma- <laughs> for the win exactly for the overall win yeah so we we beat the all the, yeah. we beat all the gtd cars not just our class we bought every beat everybody so that was nice. Awesome. That was nice. That's a big feat. That's not easy to do when you when you realize how many. I, don't, I think a lot of people they don't realize how many cars and everything like that are in uh, in are out there on the track and and the fact that you have to navigate around not only your class but other other classes and things like that. So yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, our class was the biggest by far. Uh, we had like twenty six in our class, and there was over thirty GT cars, and then 
all the other classes had maybe eight in each of them, um, which makes us a little mad when the TV only focuses on the prototypes, but that's okay. Um, the the win is the win, right? So uh, exactly, yeah. The GT fight is always immense, even though it doesn't necessarily get as much TV time. It's it's when people are there watching it from you know in the stands, they definitely see how how fraught and uh, tight that field is. So ever ever more satisfying to to win against a mon- number of manufacturers and a number of you know very very good drivers. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Paul, you're the sporting manager for Heart of Racing. What does that title mean? Well, you know, I make it up as I go along, really. But um, <laughs> they can drive cars. They can take you out to go gra- look shooting for grouse. They can yes. uh, what else? Uh, clay Sport. shooting. Uh, yeah. yeah, we can. We, yeah, we can do our best Jackie Stewart impersonation for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I kind of involve myself in everything is basically what it is it go it starts up from you know getting the team to the track figuring out what the complete team crew and everything's gonna be uh making sure the the crew have everything they need to do the job making sure the drivers are the right in the right place at the right time and getting there and and also helping out during the races on strategy and making sure we're adhering to rules i deal with Dealing with IMSA as well, uh, both before and after the events, as well as during the race. So, yeah, it's it's a full gamut of responsibility. Um, ultimately, you know, I'm not calling the final shot on the pit lane, you know, during the races, but I'm definitely involved in kind of everything. Which uh, it 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 never gets old, and <laughs> it never becomes a dull moment. So, you know, I just draw on everything I've done over my life to kind of help me out there, and it's it's very satisfying for sure to be involved with the team I'm involved with, um, and being given the tools to actually have you know top notch equipment and personnel driving wise, and you know on the pit wall to to go out and nearly and win every every weekend, you know at least have a chance at it. So it's hurting cats, pretty much. It's yeah, sometimes, I mean, well, when, when it's with drivers, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, Focus, get in the car, drive the car. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're actually supposed to be driving the car right now, not eating an ice cream, you yeah, know, exactly. at turn three, <laughs> talking to that, to that girl fan you've been trying to get a hold of. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. going to like you much more if you win. Get in the car. Yeah, yeah. The dri- drivers are the, the definitely the cats variety of people. <laughs> and uh yeah and just it's it's pretty amazing how 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 focused they have to be in the car and how unfocused they can be outside the car so. yeah i've never heard that before <laughs> yeah, <That's interesting>. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah how did you get your start into all this i mean into all tell us about your life to racing my life to racing well um i was as a kid my dad liked racing um he owned a couple of auto sport auto parts stores in england and uh just to get involved in racing and he sponsored a formula ford car and he ended up getting involved in helping run a team in 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 europe and then um he ended up coming over to the u.s because he got involved with a with a guy called preston hen who um ran in imsa and oddly enough uh they won the daytona 24 hour 40 years ago exactly four decades ago my dad was team manager of the Porsche that won Daytona 24 hours. So it was a pretty special deal when we won there. But um, yeah, so he came over. I was always, you know, a kid. I was, I would hang on the fences and watch the cars go round. You know, if I, my dad used to go to the racetrack every weekend and 
then they just let me go. You know, I'd be gone for hours just watching and watching and watching and dreaming. And uh, finally, when my dad owned, actually opened up a racing school in in Florida, of all places, in and um, I just started sweeping floors and things like that and evolved to be able to drive the cars and then evolved to being a driving instructor at the racing school and then bought my own car and started racing myself and basically followed the path of driving um, for many years. I raced in IMSA as well um, on the lower ranks, not not the Daytona 24 hour, but in like the Michelin pilot kind of things. And uh, um, so I drove many cars. I even did oval racing for a year. Um, I drove super touring cars, mainly things with roofs on. Um, but as you do that, you, to, to achieve that, you're usually not being paid to do that stuff. So you find other ways to get paid. So I became an instructor and worked for car companies, promoting car companies. And, and just as I got older, they gave me more responsibility. And um, it, it, I just kind of took that on as well. And obviously, my, my dad's experiences with management and my brother actually is involved in it too. He helped run the Mazda prototype team. And is still involved with Multimatic, who are involved with the new Porsche GTP car, actually. And um, it just seems to be a family trait, I suppose. Um, so I evolved my life as I got older from being a race car driver to being more on the management side. And then Ian, who uh, Ian James, who's the team principal and kind of created the team, um, was a really good friend of mine back in our instruction days at Skip Barber Racing School. And we've always stayed in contact. And I became his spotter when he was racing with Mike Shank and the prototypes and things like that. And um, he just, out of the blue, he just kind of asked me, hey, I'm, I'm building this team. Do you want to come on and help in a management role? And it's not, it's at a level I'd never been before. Um, and, but he had faith in, in me. And I've kind of grown with the team um, in evolving this 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 sporting manager job that I have. And it, it's just, it's just, yeah, it just, just draws on everything I've done from being a driver side, management side. Um, it, it, everything, everything comes to, to the fore actually. So it's the ideal job for me. I, I love the heck out of it. And uh, yeah, so I thank Ian for giving me the opportunity on, cause there was probably many more people who had been involved in this level of IMSA um, that you could have chosen from, but he chose me. And, uh, yeah, so the fruits of our labors have finally come to fruition. I mean, we've won a couple of championships already. We've been, the team's been going for four years and we won first year. We won the sprint championship. Second year we won, I mean, sorry, second year we won sprint championship. Third year we won the overall championship. And this, this is our fourth year started off by winning the, uh, Daytona 24 hour. So, uh, yeah, it's worked out pretty good so far. Yeah. Don't worry. Things will turn around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cheer up, buttercup, I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. after hearing that story, I'm sorry your father forced you into this, in this, this trade. <laughs> it sounds like it, it's really not going to work out for you, but. Yeah. Uh, it was giant labor. Yeah. 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 I've been trying to <laughs> yeah, escape exactly. ever since, for sure. Yeah. Cheaply. <laughs> Talk about. Uh, I mean, something that's kind of interesting to me, and I, I've always been the person that I don't like to watch NASCAR, but I love the tech that goes into it. Talk about, like, when you guys. Um, switched over to Aston Martin and you working with Aston Martin. How does that work? Do you guys do the setup for the cars? Are the cars pre presented to you already set up or, or kind of oh, it, goes along those lines? Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing because obviously um, we, when we started the team, um, we were contemplating what car we were going to go with. So could have gone with anything, right? Um, but um, Gabe Newell, who's the the backer and 
you know, the guy that makes everything happen on the team and Ian, and then Ian consulted with me and we're trying to think, you know, we wanted to get something new and unique that wasn't racing already, you know, not just be another Audi or another Porsche. Um, so we thought Aston Martin was the ideal thing. First off, because we would be the only Aston, so we like to have that attention. But also, it's kind of like we can develop the program ourselves rather than just be another one of the also-ran teams, so to speak, if that makes any sense. Um, create our own destiny. And so we, we brought on the Aston. And so we've worked pretty heavily side-by-side side with them, being the only team initially. Um I think in the third year, another Aston came along, and now now there's four Astons out there. So you know, um, so we work te- technology-wise with with GT cars. There's a homologation set set of rules. So you're basically given a car that you can't really develop too much um, prototyping, right? You can't put a different rear wing on it. You can't put a new under tray on it. You can only work in with certain parameters, which is the suspension and um, you know, work with the springs and the shocks and all that kind of stuff. The engine's kind of set to be what it is. The the chassis is set to be what it is. So you can work with the aero a little bit and brake. Um, and so the team... What, what is the car? What is the actual model of the car? It's the like, Vantage. As as, so it's a Vantage. It's the Vantage, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been going a few years. Um, this is the last year of this iteration. There, There's going to be an Evo version coming out next year. Um, so it's at the... Not the end point, but a, a definitely the a medium point of the evolution of the car. Um, and yeah, every team is given certain uh, baselines on the setup of the car, and you you're given a, a book basically that you can learn. Okay, if you've got this kind of rake, you got this front downforce, and you run this wing, it'll give you this total downforce. Those kind of things, where they're done through their testing, and then you use that data but then develop the car yourself. And um, we've got kind of a unique uh, engineer in Phil Pierce, who's more of a guy that plucks things out of the sky rather than works off a matrix that he's writing down letters. Literally in debriefs, <laughs> he's, he's sitting there, he doesn't write a thing down. And, and he's, he's got all these balls flying in the air that you, you know, when you get in the feedback from the car and, and develops the car to how he thinks it should go. And, um, he went off to the left of center to what Aston probably wanted him to do, um, because you know, like all these older manufacturers, they've they're all on the numbers. And um, Phil went on, and and I wouldn't say he angered them, but he, he perplexed them <laughs> and made them confused, <laughs> uh, which is probably what he enjoys also. Um, but ultimately, poke the bear, he, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, a lot of times in the debriefs, they're like. I don't know what you're trying to do here, Phil, but you know, he's got this whole package in his head that he ultimately wants the car to achieve with, as I say, there's a lot of things you can change toe, you can change, you know, springs, you can show bump rubbers, you can change damper settings. There's a lot of things you can change on the cars. Not, you know, obviously I said, you know, you've got the gearboxes are set, the engines are set. You can run different parameters, so to speak on the engine, but it has to stay within that homologation level. So, um, yeah, the only real thing you have to work with is execution in the pit lane. It's getting the setup correct, um, how you want it, and then working with the power levels and the gearbox settings and everything that you have. So it's not an open book. Um, 
and it's it's more like Formula One, I guess you'd call it nowadays, right? So Formula One, there's a lot of small boxes that all these teams have to develop their cars in um, that they get frustrated at because it's not, you know, you can't come up with a six-wheel car anymore. Um, but it makes the smart people, I think, ever smarter to find the advantages they can within the smaller boxes they have to work within, if that, um, if that makes sense. Um, so... Uh, yeah, but there was four Astons there. I'm sure we were radically different on setup than those guys were. Um, but ultimately, Phil's knowledge running IMSA and these tracks for decades um, has really paid off in how he's adapted the Aston to work on the U.S. circuits, which are very different than European circuits. I'm, it's cool to see Aston out there. It's nice to see Aston making a comeback, too, because yeah. you know I grew up in the generation where Aston really didn't have that presence they do now, and now they make really competitive, beautiful cars. They've always been beautiful cars, but now they're making really competitive cars. Right. They're kicking ass. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, they've, they've always been the, the car that everyone likes to look at but not necessarily wants to, can win with, right? This was, the Daytona 24 was their first ever win in that race. Um, and we were the first team to ever win with an Aston in IMSA at all. So uh, it, that, you know, I said that was that was kind of what we got excited about in, developing the Aston projects together to do something that hadn't been done before. Um, and Aston are a great group. I mean, the the group behind Aston is ProDrive. And um, I'm sure yeah. you guys know what, what ProDrive has achieved, you know, not with Aston Martins per se, um, but, you know, in rallying, et cetera. I mean, um, they've, they've achieved a lot in, the, in their decades of um, existence. So the Aston, you know, They've done pretty good in Europe, you know. They actually won the Le Mans series, uh, Le Mans this last year as well. So yeah, it's kind of all coming together for them. But yeah, the backup for Aston is ProDrive, which um, an impeccable group of people and engineers. So a lot of those people have worked in Formula One as well. So um, yeah, we're 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 just happy to be a part of that group to achieve that success, and I think they they appreciate it too on the on the other side. Even though they don't understand what the heck Phil's doing. They, they yeah. do not. <laughs> and they still don't. They question it all the time. But they're, they're starting to give up and go, but whatever you think, Phil. <laughs> you know? so, but yeah. It's people like Phil in motorsport that make it fun. It's like, I don't know if it was in NASCAR or whatever. It's the guy that figured out, like, if I put a bigger ga uh, gas filler neck on this car, I can get an extra gallon worth of gas. It's stuff like that. Like, yeah. It's just fun if little things. If I hit it with things. a hammer right yeah. here. Yeah. If I hit it with a hammer here. Yeah. Yeah. So, if NASCAR, I build right. his car at 7 8 size, it's actually going <laughs> to yeah. go faster through the air. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's exactly. he's one of those kind of guys. He really is. And uh <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So that 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 really my I was having dinner a lot tonight when I'm just saying he's this whole team is kind of like that. You know, I'm not gonna call us a bunch of misfits. Um but we're But the rest of the world would, you yeah. Know? yeah. We're, we're we're just not not your normal setup for a team, you know. So um yeah. and so we make it fun. The one thing is we've got to have fun going racing, but we do it in a slightly off-center way, but it seems to be paying off so far. And so being able to have fun racing um, and and win at the same time, you know, there's, I it can't be better than that. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. I always ask everybody, what are you driving? What do I drive? Yeah. I drive. If you have multiple, I'd love to know. Oh, well, I don't, I don't have multiple. I'm usually uh, car deficient most of the time. Um, <laughs> You're like, just give me a car. Yeah. make sure everybody else has a car. I got a BMW yeah. right now. I, so, hey, okay. Yeah, so I, I really, I've, I, I work for 
I did a lot of driving stuff at BMW in the past, and I hmm. I really appreciate how a BMW gives feedback to the driver. And uh, hmm. I've that, you know, as the newer BMWs are here, that's a little less so. But I've always appreciated how BMWs are on the road and on the track, actually, for for that. So that that's why I drive one of those. And I can't afford an Aston Martin myself, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just got it. I'm sure you can find one. But BMW is, is a, it's a competitive you guys, right, on the track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's even better. You can drive one of their cars in the street and beat the heck out of them on the, That's right. on the yeah. track. I like it. That, there you go. That is Very right. Nice. Yeah, yeah. They're a Very stout nice. competitor, too. Yeah, BMW do a great job. So, okay, so you guys are coming off an incredible weekend. What's next? Like, are you going back? What's the next race? How long do you have? And what is prep like? Yeah, so um, next race is... Besides the fact that you can't get out of Florida right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were talking about snow and ice, and I started having, you know, started freaking out because I've been trying to get out of Florida. I, I stay one day too late here, and now I, now I got, you know, Texas had the ice storm, and I can't get home. Um, is that, and Texas is home? Yeah, Texas, you? yeah. Okay. Yeah, Dallas, okay. Fort Worth area. So uh, nice. I, I'm currently in the middle of the country. So actually, the Heart of Racing has an IMSA team and an SRO team. And the IMSA team is based in Florida, and the SRO team is based in Phoenix, of all things. So I'm kind of in the between the two. In between, okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the next thing we have with the IMSA team is is Sebring 12-hour, which is another big, big one. Um, yep. And we've got to do a couple, uh, doing a couple of test days before that. Um, but that comes up in the near the end of March, um, and yeah, I mean, it's it. IMS is crazy because the two, big, two of the three biggest races of the year are f- number one and two, and to to prepare for a season, but then have to take on the two biggest races of the year at the beginning, uh, makes it you know really difficult, <laughs> very challenging. Um, but then the as I said, the Harvard racing. I don't even know how many Aston Martins we have at this point. It's pretty crazy because we've got SRO team, um, which is going to have three cars running this year. Um, we're going to have an all-girl team, and we're going to run another in in the Sprint X, and another two two driver team in Sprint X, and then a single driver in UT America. Also, we've got our Drift Aston, and uh, yeah, and the IMSA. So before even before. So cool. Sebring, we've we've got a couple of um, SRO races with the GT4 Aston Martin, so it never stops, you know. Has have I'm I'm sorry that that, that piqued my interest, even though I'm not a big drift. Has, has Aston been in drift before? No, never, never, never. Okay, so yeah. we we developed that was the fun project because you know with IMSA, I said there's homologations, right? You got to you have to drive and stay within a very tight rule base of what you can do to the car because all the manufacturers have to homologate their cars. Same thing in GT4, but um, we have some very talented engineers on the team and Ian wanted to give them a chance to flex their muscles a little bit. And the first project that we thought of was um, a drift car. So now they've got a V12 drift car. We we started, based it off the GT4 car, but there's not much of the GT4 car left. Um, other than the shell and you know, stuck a V12 in there and supercharged it uh, and then developed all the suspension and everything, obviously steering angles, how the car works, um, you know, the power delivery. I think it's got like 1,200 horsepower, something like that. And uh, That'll do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but only for about 20 <laughs> seconds and then it will overheat. Yeah. But uh, apart from that, 
It's, so it's a whole different animal to what we're used to. We're used to doing, we just did a 24-hour race. This car can barely make 24 seconds without, you know, <laughs> self-imploding um, on the drift circuit. So it's, that's been, yeah, it's been a, that, that thing sings. You see that at the drift events, which is a whole different crowd also. Um, and, a lot uh, of vape smoke. Yeah, lots of smoke. <laughs> Higher in vape smoke. Oh, my God. You're out there. You're like, I don't think this is good for my longevity of life at this point. Um, but it's. It's good to see manufacturers coming into drift like this because, I mean, for so yeah. long it was so many of the Japanese cars and when they came to America and you started to see, you know, the BMWs and stuff and the Mustangs and then when Vipers, Viper came in, I was like, like it blew, and, and they took over. And so yeah. I love that you guys are doing this. That's going to be so cool. Yeah, so. yeah, we, we did. Yeah. We started off a little late and obviously we're still developing the car last year. So hopefully this year we'll have a car that can actually win a drift event, which is an interesting exercise unto itself because it's not a race right it's uh, yeah. yep. it's it's uh i don't even know Style what you call it. it's like figure skating it's figure skating figure skating for cars <laughs> with lots of smoke yeah uh and i didn't i didn't i understood it but i'm not sure i appreciated it till last year and i can the nuances of it um and prepping the car and the driver and everything and the, as i said the crowd is different but you know what's good about drifting is that the youth is heavily involved in drifting, right? So it gives you mm-hmm. um, hope that, you know, nowadays some 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 young people don't even want to drive and they certainly couldn't drive a stick shift and um, it's just a matter of trying to get to the next whatever, um, if even if they have to. So it's good to see that that is that like still a grassroots motorsport, but it's still bringing in young people who are enthusiastic about motorsport. And that's definitely something I'd already encourage, no matter what the motorsport is. Um, it's nice to see that. A L- lot more earrings and stuff and whatever, piercings and tattoos, but it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I like to see Aston Martin out there because Aston Martin, just as a brand image, is literally like the classiest brand ever when it comes to sports cars. I mean, if you're Rolls-Royce or Bentley or Aston Martin, they're just class. They scream class across the board. You feel your chin and your nose go up as you say it. Yes. Aston, <laughs> Aston Martin. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. rightfully so. I mean, they legendary cars, of course. But it's nice to see them let their hair down, get a little nuts, have a little fun yeah. with with a brand like that because you, you just don't see it anymore. And I think they, for a time, had kind of lost that market. It, 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 it The market aged itself. It's kind of like Corvette owners in a totally different way where the, yeah. the, then they're like, hey, we've got to get things back to square because our, our audience... We have to appeal to a younger audience, so it's really cool to see. Yeah, something so they like moved that. the engine. That didn't make anybody mad at Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> no, so yeah, just no. saying, like it's really cool that you'd never expect to see an Aston right. Martin at a drift event. No, I, I'm so excited actually. Yeah, I don't even watch drifting. I want to see that. So yeah, yeah. especially yeah. twelve hundred. Yeah, you definitely want to hear it. I'll tell you that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and it's definitely well, different I mean, from every other two forty Z out there for sure. Yeah. Uh, we're we, you know we're we're coming into an, an era in motorsport and obviously next when, uh, next uh, March is Women's Month. You guys you're talking you're yeah. running an all women's team. Mm-hmm. Talk about the progression of that and how that started and and kind of where you're going with it. Yeah, well that that was um, an initiative um, by the by our owners that um, they wanted to do something different as as kind of like the drift car, right? Yeah. So so we actually did a contest where a we basically put it out there, all-female driver lineup. Initially, it was going to be only one person that was going to win, but we ended up, the, the, the level of competition and skill level was so high, we had to choose two. And that was even difficult at this point, but basically put it out to the world. 
Um, so we have people coming from Sweden, from New Zealand, from you know all kinds of places applying basically for a shootout, and they 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 put a video in and talked about themselves, and then we looked at their resumes and everything like that. We were looking for not necessarily people that had already made it to a certain level, uh, like the Jamie Chadwicks who have already made it to Formula Two and things like that, um, but may, maybe more the ground level female driver that wouldn't normally get a chance so um we did a contest at the end of last year and we invited i think it was if it were there, 10 or so uh, drivers out there and, and gave them two days of driving the gt4 cars um and in different scenarios including like qualifying sim and a race sim and stuff like that looked at their data looked at their attitude how they work with the team maybe their their level of experience versus where they ended up at the end of the two days, their progression, so to speak, to see where their ceiling may be. Um, and then we, we picked two, two uh, young ladies who were going to be in the SRO full season in an Aston Martin GT4. So uh, we're going to get testing there this month with them and uh, move on for the SRO Sprint X Championship. Um, so I'm really excited about it. I was... I didn't know what level of driver we would get, but it was really high and it was really exciting and fun to be involved in that project of picking the drivers and letting them go. I've always kind of liked the idea of helping drivers get where they want if I can help them. Uh, it's not like I got a big cash, but I do have certain contacts and ways to try and help people if I if I feel you know like they're really something special and they need to do that. Um, uh, back, I used to help run the racing school in Sonoma Raceway, and we did something very similar. Um, and so I, I've just always been buzzed by that. Um, and so, yeah, it's another exciting avenue. So we'll, we're going to see where that goes. But I think they're going to do very, very well and surprise a lot of people. So uh, another thing that the Heart of Racing team is is doing a little bit left of center to shake it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, Gabe's... A car guy to the core it's really cool to see what he's helping do with heart of racing like he's yeah yeah i mean he'll yeah. do anything and he, he's just a fan of the sport and he's in a position financially that he can kind of put something forward and sh shake things up as i said and and we're very grateful to him to you know kind of giving us the opportunity to do what we've done and he you know he just sits back and enjoys our success and 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 shares in our failures when we have them um so yeah it's 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 a unique position to be in very privileged position to be in so we we definitely all on the team appreciate the chance we've been given and try to make the most of it when you know when we can yeah um who, have the drivers been announced yet for the women the women drivers? Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, Hannah Grisham, who's actually from the US, and then Rihanna Omira Hunt, who's actually from New Zealand. So um, ah, yeah, very cool. Yep. So she's you know trying trying to measure the logistics of flying her back and forth from New Zealand. A little difficult, but um, she 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 definitely uh, deserved the the chance to do it. So yeah, they're going to be coming up in a couple of weeks and test at our our track there in phoenix and then uh first race is going to be sonoma which is um i think hannah's maybe raced there before being from the u.s um but definitely rihanna hasn't and i i'm sure you guys know sonoma that is not an easy track to learn yeah um 
So that's going to be a baptism by fire for her, but it'll be okay. <laughs> Luckily, I've got like 5,000 laps around Sonoma, so I'll be able to help out. <laughs> I don't think I've even cl- completed a, a virtual lap at Sonoma. I always crash. So, turn two? <laughs> Come, turn two? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I yeah. mean, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No. But that, don't feel bad. We had uh, one time when I was working at the racing school, we had Emanuele Perot, who's Le Bon winner, all this kind of stuff, tried to drive a sim around Sonoma also. He also crashed at turn two. So you're yeah. in, good, in good hands there. Yeah, good, good company. Yeah, I mean, eventually you got to keep the wheels on the car and the body parts, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I was, you know, I, w- I was thinking he had a lot of cats to herd when I was just talking about taking the team down there, but he's talking about all these other race teams he's got to keep on track. And, yeah, man. You know, do you sleep? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very well when I get the chance, yes. Yeah. 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 So just just exhaustion all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he sleeps really well at races just, you know, since cars are buzzing by. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's it's a lot, but it's it's fun, you know, and uh it's my passion, so it's not work, right? So um yeah. You you just you just keep doing it because you want to be successful and the extra extra time you spend and focus you spend. Uh you you don't sit there and count the minutes you have to do it. You count the minutes till you have to be ready more than anything so i mean what do you do if you have free time i mean are you do, that's what do i was you have other ask. hobbies besides motorsports it? it's fine if you don't we don't either but uh <laughs> well i mean uh, there's so there's there's two things um i would say overall i used to be a musician before i became um a race car driver my other passion was that was music so i did that for a little bit till hey save some women for the rest <laughs> of us okay jeez yeah. <laughs> so i did or whatever yeah you're so I was, <laughs> yeah whatever yeah maybe the women weren't good enough maybe i thought it'd be more in in racing but actually i was very very wrong about that um <laughs> didn't he already talk about racers and focusing on the women already? I, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. i did that so music's been a big part of my life and then actually food i'm, I'm a big foodie so i like cooking at home and things like that that's my best way to relax is sit there and you know watch cooking shows and and, and make food and all i don't know it's it's just once again it's something i like doing that takes time but it's just fun to do so that i always say those are the things that fill up everything at that point yeah that sounds pretty good. I'm very much like him in the fact that if I have a bad day, I'm working on my car or I'm cooking. Yeah. So yeah, yeah well, you know me, I like to cook. Yeah, and if so. I can figure out how to cook on my car, I mean, you know, so yeah. Yeah. now working on cars <laughs> is not my specialty. I will tell you that I had to do it through necessity, but I wouldn't say that's my 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 strong point, so to speak. I I try to fumble through things and probably shouldn't, you know. <laughs> Well, I'm a YouTube certified ASC mechanic. Oh, oh are you? Exactly. <laughs> now, YouTube is... YouTube. I think, after watching YouTube, I think I could actually perform brain surgery, but I could... Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, YouTube has saved me a lot of breaking a lot of clips on uh, bodywork and so forth on, on cars. That's like my... Oh, look, the multitude of body clips to do all kinds of things and how they come on and come off drives me actually insane. It's always that hidden clip, and you know there's some evil engineers like, I'm going to put a clip here, doesn't need to be there, and there's no way you can get this off without breaking it, and by the way, the clip is $19 after you break it, but whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, our, good, our good friend Carl, who's on the call here, I was mm-hmm. putting in the uh, radar detector mount for his new BMW, and of course, I watched the video online, I'm like, I've done this before, I've done this tons of times on like every car, and it's, you pop the little mirror covers apart, and they yeah. split in two. Yeah. It's like, oh, you just press here and press here, and it pops apart, and I do that, one goes flying <laughs> across the car, like bounces off the window. <laughs> to be fair, I think we did that when we did it my BMW. 
BMW no. too. So yeah, that's, yeah, it's broken apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clips drive me insane. They're the bane of my existence. That wouldn't happen in an Aston Martin. I'm just saying that. <laughs> so that's true. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> that is not a nineteen dollar clip in an Aston Martin. That's yeah. yeah so. No, no, that is zero to everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's my favorite thing I've talked about on the show about Aston Martin is it's not in a key. It's not a key. It's an emotion chip. Oh, yeah. I absolutely <laughs> love that. That's my favorite thing. So, yeah. And, and apparently, unless you're an owner and you break one and it's rather expensive. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's so, where the emotion comes yeah. from, having to buy it. That's where yeah. you cry, yes, because your crystal <laughs> the broke. Sadness, <laughs> yeah. but it's still an emotion chip. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, you said that they're coming out with the new Aston Martin Evo. When do, you, do they present those to you guys before the world sees it and you get to play with them first? Uh, they would present us with the idea of it, not necessarily the, it itself. Mm. So, they're, they're kind of telling us where they're going with it and, and, you know, we can throw our two cents in, worth in. But, yeah, so it's still a full year away. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure where it's going to go. But ultimately, the Aston Martin's built with a little less downforce than the other cars. And um, so its its strong point is straight line speed, and we try to make the car handles good through the corners, and that's ultimately what we ended up doing at Daytona. Um, but we, we would like the new Aston to have a little bit more downforce to match the new GT3 cars that are coming out, which are, I don't know if you've seen the Ferrari, um, and all, all the other new GT4 three cars are coming out with more and more downforce. They're going to be more like a GTLM car, basically, um, the Porsche, those kind of things. So we kind of need to match those. They, they come to a point where the lack of downforce is going to be un. Uh, we won't be able to drag that back with straight line speed, right? So um, that's where these cars are evolving to. So hopefully the new Evo comes with a few more little flip-ups to give us a little bit downforce because uh, probably where the car is weakest and where some tracks are stronger than others just for that point. You, you can work some of that R&D from the drift team into there. Corners will be easier that yeah, way. That's right. I mean, you're going to go through tires a little bit more, but you can do that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, definitely <laughs> loosen that baby up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> just get that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think with ProDrive backing Aston, yeah. if anybody's going to listen, it's going to be them. Those guys, they know racing. <laughs> they do. They do. Um, you know, speaking of ProDrive, is there is there any uh, places you want to go in racing that you haven't touched on yet, like Rally, something like that? I mean, you never know what's around the corner anymore these days. Yeah, not Rally, because um, that's that's really defined too now, right? With really homologated kind of stuff i think i think you know stuff like uh pike's peak would be interesting um oh yeah there you go yeah um expanding you know doing some more stuff in europe is kind of interesting um we yeah there's 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 you know we like to do things you know where we really get involved in them so yeah something where there's an open book a little bit so i think the pike's peak would be a, a, a fun one to do um yeah, and, you know, obviously now, you know, we've been running IMSA, so it'd be nice to start doing places maybe further abroad, like hopefully do Le Mans sometime soon. Um, yeah, things like that. Just keep keep gradually expanding, giving myself more workload. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, my dream is to go to Le Mans as well. I mean, my, my, honestly, one of my biggest dreams in my life was to win Daytona, so it's been a pretty good week, but uh Next on, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, doing uh, Le Mans and things like that, and I said, yeah, just allowing our engineers to do s- some things a little different and and work on that stuff and let them stretch their muscles. Uh, I, it seems like you know the drift was good, 
the hill, you know, the Pike's Peak kind of thing would be good. I don't know what would be next, like a land speed record kind of thing. That would be kind of cool too. But I'm not, who the hell knows? I don't know. <laughs> I I was thinking maybe DBX on the Dakar or something like that. Come on, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 not bad either. Yeah. The That'd car, be fun, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, you can you can do that. Yeah, so I'm I'm just gonna try and not give myself too much work to do, but we'd have to you know <laughs> delete something to move on to those kind of things. But yeah, all that stuff, it's all good. But I mean, rallying would be mega. But that, that's a very close shop. I feel. pretty out of the wheelhouse. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. I, I've always loved rallying. I mean, I think the drivers are pretty much the best drivers in the world. But um. Yeah, it's it's definitely not something I've ever really been on the inside of, so I wouldn't even know how to attack that kind of thing. But never say never, I suppose. You know, it would be really cool that DBX on the Rebel Rally. The oh yeah, rally. that'd be cool. That yeah. would be something that could actually do it too. That just throwing it out there for all the free time I, you've got. You go. I'm just going to say, I mean, we don't want to dig this man a hole because like, <laughs> the company will come back and be like, we heard you on the podcast so uh, we're going to do this, 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 and this. You can sleep later. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the drawing. Yeah. Here's the initial drawing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> make, well, it ha- make it happen, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, so get him out there. Get Aston Martin wherever, wherever we can put him because uh, <laughs> I love seeing him out there. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, the progression of seeing it, and obviously, you know, I mean, being coming into my own with F1 and watching them in F1 has been really mm. fun to see, mm-hmm. um, and the whole progression there. So, I, I mean, I love seeing them in motorsports. I've always thought of them as a classic motorsports, and then as a classic car guy and movie guy, I mean, it's it's James Bond's car. I don't care what she, I mean, That's even, right. I'm always a big BMW be. guy, and I like to see Bond in a BMW, but he just belongs in an Aston Martin. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, wish, you know, I wish they'd yeah. moved into the prototype version, you know, into the GTP. LMDH or whatever you want to call it, that would have been nice for them to do. But since because we actually have one of those, um, they're supercars, um, so that that car could easily have been developed into a into a prototype race car. But I guess they just I think the Formula One deal kind of took over, and so that it was just one step too far for Aston Martin to try and develop a prototype and a Formula One car at the same time. Yes, well, Formula One's no small undertaking. No. Well, now and now you've got what you got Valkyrie and then Valhalla too. Those yep. the two yeah. mega cars or whatever you want to call them. They're incredible. Like I just, it's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't yeah. get to drive it, but I did get to ride with uh, Roman in the Valkyrie, and we we did two hundred miles an hour at uh, at the Apex oh. racetrack. <laughs> the straight isn't very long. I'll tell you that. But that thing moved like the clappers. It was insane insane car sounds amazing too i mean if if you're listening to this and don't know go look up the valkyrie it's an incredible i mean it's beautiful it's a beautiful car it I, mean, I don't think you're really gonna I mean, you're really gonna see him on the road you'll see him on the racetrack mm-hmm. um but i think I, and somebody told me they're making a spider version of that too are they yeah, I, so. I, I thought yeah. I, maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, yeah. In fact, I am. They're, they're looking at their coupe and AM, AMR Pro and a Spider. Uh, okay. So because uh, that's what you need to do with that car is take the <laughs> yeah, roof off of it. You know, <laughs> actually, that might make getting into it a little easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of difficult to get in and out of. I will tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful. I'm too big for one of those. I'm too big for everything. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, I fit, if I fit I anything, mean, I'd, I'd be in a course. BAC motto. Motivation <laughs> is everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 
Well, that was uh, congratulations on your win. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time out of your very, very busy schedule to join yeah. us. Uh, thanks to Carl, who's hiding in the background yeah. for helping us set this up. He's uh, been pushing off all interviews till he got to this. He's like, you know, and I'm not talking to anybody. Yeah, He's totally. Like, the Avance podcast is the first to know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to do it in a hotel room in Florida. Uh, so It'll be cool. <laughs> this will be so great. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. You're welcome. Well, Paul, we, we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, again, like Dan said, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, we look forward to watching you guys uh, in, in all the sports. I mean, I don't know when you, again when you're sleeping, but at least we'll know <laughs> You know, when we see you on the sidelines uh, taking a small nap. There you go. That'll be a good excuse, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. Or bugger. Exactly. Yeah, like work him like, yeah. like he's in the coal mine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Car-induced coma. We'll yeah, all right. That'd so. be a good way to Very go. Good. All right. Well, for this episode of the Avance Podcast, as always, I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.